Disney enjoyed continued DTC success last quarter, though North American growth slowed. Big price increases and more service tiers could change all that. How will they impact Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus? Listen on to find out. this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and that was uh, Colin Dixon from Inscreen Media at the beginning there. Hey Colin, how is everything going? It's going good, Will. It's turning season, so I'm, I'm glued to the earnings calls and all the spreadsheets that are, uh, and numbers that are coming out. So uh, we've got, I think we're gonna be talking about some of that this morning, but it certainly makes for some interesting reading. We are. We're going to be digging in, as you said at the beginning, to uh, the Disney release and the subscriber numbers, price increases, and more. But um, let's get started with a couple of news stories that caught our attention this week. I think you're going first. Yeah, and this one's really about Vizio. Um, I think I think it's for me. It is really important to keep an eye on the performance of the major TV platforms. And so I, I track very closely, I track Roku, I, and now I'm tracking Vizio. And Vizio uh, is making this sort of pivot more towards their Platform Plus business, which includes all their advertising and, um, and, and, and various other uh, uh, service-oriented type uh, revenues. And uh, they've been doing very well, Will, and they continue to perform extremely well. So, if you look at their Platform Plus business, uh, it's up 69% year over year, 8% quarter over quarter to 110, just about $111 million in, in the quarter. And compared that to their device business, which is still much bigger, it's about $300 million in sales in Q2. But boy, that's, that's down pretty dramatically, down 22% from the previous quarter and 11% year over year. So... They're, they're really, um, really growing that platform revenue really, really strongly now. But where it really counts is in the profit margin. Listen to this. Profit margin on that 298 million in TV sales was 1%. 1%. And the profit margin on the platform business was 63%. So... You know that that's a very clear indication why Vizio's doing this and and why Roku's doing this. On the other side, um, things look pretty good. They're continuing to grow Smartcast active accounts pretty well. Uh, Sixteen million up three percent on the quarter, fifteen percent on the year, and they're also growing the number of total Vizio hours. That's up fourteen percent. And actually, on an individual basis, um, the the each active user now is watching 176 minutes a day, which is uh, pretty pretty decent growth as well. And finally, the the last piece of the engagement puzzle—that's how much advertising revenue they're earning, the average revenue per unit, which is an annual number, I should say—is up as well, 53 percent on the year and 8% on the quarter. So it's $25.70. So really all all things are, are going pretty well in the right direction for Vizio. And I noticed actually that the stock was up in 
after hours trading. I haven't checked the, this morning. We're recording here on Thursday morning. Uh, but uh, they seem to be doing some good things. Yeah, good summary there, Colin, of all their numbers. And certainly, as you pointed out, the 1% versus 60 plus percent, that's a pretty big difference. And, um, you know, they're, I think, taking a page from the Roku playbook because Roku has had slim margins, has had negative margins on hardware uh, for a couple quarters now. And um, so for Vizio to even be in a profitable uh, mode on the TVs is, is, a positive, is a positive story in and of itself. I, th- I think it is. And uh, as you say, uh, it's, if you look at Roku's numbers, it's very similar. Their, their platform business is just outrageously profitable in comparison with their, with yeah. their streaming media sticks. But uh, there we go. That's, that's what's going on there. Good. So what did you see? Well, speaking of um, connected TVs, there was some good data from Extreme Reach this week that I did a short write-up on. Um, they uh, are an ad tech company and released data quarterly of what uh, percentage of impressions they're serving by different um, device. And connected TV remained in first place. It was accounted for about uh, accounted for 38% of ad impressions that um, Extreme Reach served, and that was comparable to the, that was in Q2 of 22, that was comparable to Q1, and up just slightly from 35% in Q2 of 21. Um, And Extreme Reach noted that uh, Connected TV has had the largest share of impressions as compared with other devices now for 17 straight quarters. So CTV is um, clearly very strong for clients that are brands and advertisers that are using the extreme reach um, platform and they also noted that once advertisers do start to spend in ctv they lean into it in q2 those advertisers that were using ctv um, of those three quarters of them allocated more than half of their impression volume to ctv and of those advertisers 36 percent of them allocated more than 80% of their impressions to CTV. So clearly CTV is, you know, we all know CTV is a strong story throughout the industry, but the extreme reach data certainly validated that. It does. And I, I wonder if the story is going to get even better, Will, uh, with the Disney Plus introduction of the ad-supported tier this year. And I expect we'll see the same from Netflix next year. Do you think we're going to see even better performance? Oh, I think absolutely. Those are two huge, going to be two huge drivers of the market. Um, of course, depending upon how they actually execute their ad strategies. But um, I think Disney, we may talk about this. I think Disney announced yesterday they're going to do four minutes ad load per hour. So, it, you know, it'll take some time for those services to ramp up. But yeah, it's, a, it's going to be a lot of high quality inventory that's coming into the market on CTV. Yeah, one of the things in that extreme reach data, data with, which really caught my eye was they compared the, the completion rates for the ads on each of the different screens. And man, talk about, talk about killing it. Connected TVs, 93%. <laughs> it's like, and it's pretty solid, right? Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty solid through the last few quarters and much higher than the other screens. Absolutely, and it's continued to be that way. You gotta love TV, right? You gotta love TV, indeed. But uh, maybe, maybe it's time for us to get onto our main story. And I, I suppose it's no big surprise that we're going to be talking about Disney, right? Yeah, Disney released its earnings yesterday. Lots of uh, stuff to talk about. 
particularly um, sub subscriber numbers and the price increase, the new bundling strategies. Um, so I think you're going to get us started, right? I will. I'll, I'll sort of do the very, very top line, Will, and uh, then we should probably get to the price increases because I think they're they're quite eye-popping. So on the face of it, it looks like things are still going pretty well for Disney's D2C business, uh, direct-to-consumer business. They increased Disney Plus subscribers 31% year over year. They now have... 152.1 million subscribers around the world. Uh, that's up 10% uh, quarter over quarter. So that uh, on the face of it looks pretty good. Um, it, it, I will say it's a little bit of a deceleration from what it was a year ago. Uh, they were growing much, much faster then, but uh, you know, it's still, still showing positive growth. Hulu SVOD definitely slowing down at Hulu SVOD. Their year-over-year growth is 8% to 42.2 million. And for Hulu Live, Hulu Live is shrinking, actually. It's lost uh, subscribers again in this quarter, down 2% on the quarter to 4 million. Although I will say, if you look at it a year-over-year, it's still just a little bit up. So there's that. And finally, ESPN, ESPN Plus, still growing very, very strongly. 53% year-over-year growth now has 20, nearly 23 million subscribers. So I totted them all up, Will. They now have 221 million direct-to-consumer subscribers. So uh, they're definitely growing they've grown that business extremely quickly and they now have a, a lot of subscribers but uh, at least in north america it's going to get a bit more expensive right it certainly is going to get more expensive and um that was the i think the big takeaway from yesterday's earnings uh and um, press release was that we're going to see price increases pretty much across the board um First is that they named the ad-supported service, they're naming it Disney Plus Basic, and excuse me, that's gonna launch in uh, early December, December 8th. That's gonna be $8 a month, and that's basically the same price, <clears throat> $8 a month, as the ad-free service is, the ad-free Disney Plus is right now, which will, uh, going forward, be known as Disney Plus Premium. Disney Plus Premium is going to go from $8 a month to $11 a month, which is a pretty steep increase. And um, that had already increased um, in the past uh, from the initial launch price. So uh, so Disney Plus becomes, you know, $11 a month, still less than Netflix, but and Netflix and HBO and, um, and others more expensive, though, than um, than some of the other services, whether it's Peacock or Apple TV. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's the big news on Disney Plus. Uh, in addition to that, there are going to be price increases on Hulu, uh, which is going to go from six, uh, seven dollars a month to eight dollars a month. The ad-free tier, uh, the Hulu Premium tier, is going to go from thirteen dollars per month to fifteen dollars per month, and the Disney. Um, with ads package is going to go up to uh, $15 a month. The no ads package is the, I think the only thing that's going to remain constant and that's going to stay at $20 a month. Um, 
ESPN Plus rates are actually also going to go up this month. Uh, they have said that that previously, but that's going to go from seven dollars to ten dollars. So that's a lot of different numbers um, to share, and uh, I don't. Maybe we should talk a little bit about you know what we think the consequences of these increases is, are going to be, uh, especially given the. Uh, subscriber numbers that you just shared a moment ago yeah yeah so there was one actually there was one that wasn't covered on their plan that they put out with the pricing and that's the fact that espn plus increased this month from 6.99 to 9.99 so that's gone up three dollars as well these are really substantial increases well and i i I, I, one of the things I did was I looked at what was going on in North America for Disney, Disney Plus. And although it showed pretty good growth internationally, it showed very weak growth uh, between Q2 and Q3, only adding 100,000 subscribers. And this is actually a big slowdown for, uh, for the service. It's um, at 44. 5 million subscribers in the US and Canada. So it, I, I think its growth here has slowed down pretty dramatically and I actually went back and looked and looked to see what was going on with Netflix when it hit 40 million or uh, around about that same size. And it, its growth really didn't slow down. It continued to grow pretty strongly and now is you know in, in the 70 million range. Uh, and that's that's when it really began to slow down. So Disney Plus has its growth has slowed much faster in North America than I was expecting. Um, but it's not just Disney Plus that slowed down. Will ESPN Plus and Hulu have also slowed pretty dramatically. So um, as as I said earlier, you know um, Hulu's Hulu only added well they only added what. Um, 800,000 subscribers between uh, Q2 and Q3 this year. Um, and the same with ESPN. ESPN only added 500,000. And in fact, if you look back over the last um, last three quarters, ESPN, Hulu, uh, you know, the, 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 the growth here in North America is just really flattened out. So what does this tell you about what's going to happen with these increases? I think the impact on ESPN Plus is going to be pretty much immediate because that price in increase has taken place in August. And I got, a th I got a feeling that with such a big increase, a $3 increase, that we're going to see a pullback in subscribers in ESPN Plus in our calendar Q3, Disney's Q4. When these price increases take effect in December early December when the ad tier arrives with Disney. I think in the following quarter, you're going to see a lot of people make some hard choices with Disney. And I think that the, the penetration in North America, the number of subscribers they have in North America could fall again. So for the rest of the year, Disney Plus will probably continue to grow, particularly in the fourth quarter when people are spending a lot of time at home and, and want some great stuff to watch. But boy, I think it could get really ugly in January through through April when when people take stock of these price increases. So the Disney Plus today's Disney Plus subscriber, who obviously is not getting ads and is um, now going to be a Disney Plus premium, they're going to get a three dollar per month increase. 
And their question is going to be, do I want to stay at $8 a month and watch four minutes of ads per hour, uh, which is what Disney said the target load is going to be? Um, do they want to pay $3 a month more to be ad free? Um, or I suppose, do they want to churn out of Disney Plus entirely? And, you know, I think the putting ourselves in the Disney executive shoes for a second, I think their bet is that they'll be able to mitigate a lot of those people who might be off put by the $3 increase uh, by having them drop down to the ad supported plan. I, I think they're going to I think they're going to be reasonably successful with that in the early months of this increase. Then, of course, we'll have to see what the experience is like and what users, um, you know, how they react to the ads. But they, you know, certainly seen ads in other places. So it's not the first time that they would see ads, um, but they'll have to see what it looks like with Disney Plus and ultimately how that's going to affect subscribers. Right, and Christine McCarthy, the CF, Disney CFO in the call, she pointed to Hulu and said that uh, two-thirds of Hulu yeah. subscribers now are watching with ads. So I think she thinks that that's exactly what's going to happen, that there'll be a lot of people that just go, that, that just stay on $8 a month and don't, don't start paying more. And I think that's probably what will happen. They'll probably have that happen by default. So if people don't do anything, their price won't increase. Maybe they'll flip to the ad-supported plan. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do there because if they do do that, I think a lot of people will do that, wake up the next, the next morning and then, then be wondering why they're seeing ads. I don't know. You, um, you think, sorry, let's pause on that for a second, Colin. You're, th you're saying you think that the, that the approach Disney is going to use is to flip premium current uh, Disney Plus subscribers into the ad-supported plan rather than moving them up to premium and charge the extra three? Well, it's, it's a very interesting question, right, Will? What, what, how do they handle this? And if, if they were to do that, if they were to just, rather than increase everybody's prices, um, they say, unless you, if you do nothing, you'll start seeing ads. You'll stay at $8 and you'll start seeing ads. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, I think, would, I, if I were, you know, I mean, if the expectation is that most people will end up watching with ads, that's probably the right messaging and the right thing to do for the company. I mean, they, uh, that, although they're only doing four minutes of ads an, an hour, I think there's probably nobody doubts that they'll be getting really, really premium rates for those ads. So I think they're probably bullish on the idea that they can actually make up the $3 pretty quickly. So I, I would expect them to do that, but how they message that to their customers is yeah. gonna be really interesting, right? It is an interesting question. Um, I hadn't thought about it that way. I, I guess my default mode was thinking that all these Disney Plus, 45 million Disney Plus subscribers, you know, wake up that day and they're getting charged $3 more per month. And then when they see their bill, those that notice it and want to do something about it and initiate the process of either downgrading or dropping entirely, would go through some kind of a you know messaging process where you, right. know, you can still pay $8 a month with just four minutes of ads, that kind of thing. That's yeah. what I was thinking the default switchover would look like. Yeah, but you know, as I, I said, it, it could be they know. go the other way. Um, yeah, I've got know. to tell yeah. you though, Will, Disney's plans are, it's now pretty complicated to figure out <laughs> which one yeah. you want 
and how much to pay. Um, one of the things you didn't mention, but is, should also be included here, is that if you're Hulu Live, it's even more complicated because they have a they have three bundle pricings there to also add into things. And 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 the funny thing was that they basically added the basic bundle for free they just gave that to hulu live but now if you want to start watching without ads you're going to be paying a lot more so uh so there's that it it it's just become very very complicated i will say with them not increasing the price of the premium bundle and leaving that at twenty dollars if you want if you take two of these services and you don't want to see ads that's a no-brainer. You're gonna just you're just gonna do that, right? Because you just you're just gonna save a bunch of money. ESPN Plus is ten dollars um, with ads, and Hulu is what thirteen? What is it? Thirteen dollars? Uh, fifteen dollars? Uh, excuse me. Hulu is yeah, fifteen dollars with no ads, right? So if you want no ads with with that. I mean, it's just a really, really good deal if you're going to use Disney Plus and Hulu or Hulu and Hulu and ESPN Plus. You might just as well be in the bundle because it's going to be cheaper for you. We won't have to see ads. Right. 15 for Hulu, 11 for Disney Premium um, is 26 plus 10 for ESPN Plus is 36. You get that bundle for 20. So to your point, it does seem like, you know, if you're a no ads person, the bundle is going to become very attractive yeah yeah and, and and i know that some of our listeners are going geez i can't keep these street straight in my head <laughs> I, yeah. I don't blame you so what i'm going to do i'll uh, i'll publish the prices with the increases on my site when i publish this piece so just come to the site if you want to get a summary of what the new pricing is and what the old pricing was and and figure all of that out so uh, so hopefully that will be helpful yeah, and we'll certainly be keeping an eye as we get into December and these new rates kick in. And, of course, the ad-supported Disney Basic Plan launch, Disney Plus Basic Plan launches to see what it actually looks like and how they execute on all this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, one of the things that, that when I saw this and with, with Netflix talking about monetizing the people that are sharing and and, and all, of, all of these different changes with with uh, HBO Max and Discovery Plus being slammed together into a bundle that will cost who knows what. Um, I, I think the good times, the good times in SVOD land are over, Will. I think uh, we're, we're now in a, a moment where we're going to be paying a lot more for the services that we've come to really love. The good times for consumers, you mean? The, I, th- uh, I think that's true. Inexpensive. Yeah, yep. inexpensive yep. for lots of great content. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Be interesting to see what it does to the growth of the over, overall industry, and I, I, I tell you, it just adds impetus to free. Free becomes a lot yeah. more attractive when, yeah. when folks like Disney and Netflix want so much for their for their content, even with ads. So, uh, so I think this will spur the growth of free even more. Fair point. Should we leave it at that? I think we probably do. <laughs> we probably right, depressed. We probably depressed <laughs> our audience enough with the pricing. <laughs> Well, or confuse them, confuse or depress. Take your, take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, good chatting, and um, thanks everybody for listening in, and we'll see you all again next week.
Inside the Stream is a production of In Screen Media and Video News. All rights reserved.